Hi guys, this is Buddy, and we have another question. This one says, How come some people get to die twice? That is, visit heaven and hell and then come back alive. Doesn't this contradict Hebrews 9:27 and Luke chapter 16, verse 19? How come some people get to die twice? That is, visit heaven and hell and then come back alive. Doesn't this contradict Hebrews 9:27? And Luke chapter 16, verse 19. It's a very beautiful question. Very, very beautiful question. And I must save him before we begin that. Is the answer is very, very mysterious and mystical. And we are, because we are going to um, discuss a lot of you know, spirit, the spirit that you know. So just just um, so you get prepared, your mind prepared. Before we can answer a question like this, we need to understand the the words that have been mentioned in a question, right? How come some people get to die twice? So what, what exactly is death? When we say death, what does it mean? When we say somebody is dead, what does it mean? What has happened to the person? What things are at play when someone is dead? What are some of the things that are at play when someone is dead? Also, um, who gets to decide when someone dies and you know what not? What goes into the death? Alright. So let's let's start from the beginning. The Bible says that man was created in God's image, Genesis 1.26. Man was created in God's likeness and in God's image. I I need you to pay close attention to this one, right? We are going to build up from a place, so please pay attention. Genesis 1.26, man was created. How? In what form? Man was created in the likeness of God. John 4.24, Jesus, God incarnate, was speaking and he says... God is a spirit. And so those who worship him must worship him in spirit. And Hebrews 3 says that God is the father of spirits. So God himself is a spirit. If man was made in God's image and in God's likeness, what then does it make man? Man is a spirit. So you are a spirit, first of all. Then in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, God formed man out of the dust of the earth. Right? And then introduced the spirit which was already existing by virtue of breath into the vessel that had been created so man in genesis 2 7 was sculpted from the dust of the earth right so it was just like you know a, a sculpture lying there you know, no life just there like that but immediately god introduced breath pneuma spirit into the 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 sculpture it became animated and the bible says that man became a living soul and so you, you you see from right from here you see that man is made up of only two parts spirit and body hey body so what about the soul i'm relax we are getting there <laughs> we are getting there right now so man is first a spirit essentially man is a spirit that is who we are spirits are dimensionless they don't have dimensions they are not limited by bodily vessels right and in the realm of the spirit one of the spiritual laws is that in order for any being to exist in any space permanently or for a long time the body or the container of that being must be made up of things that come from that environment all right so when god created man why did he create man he created man for man to have dominion dominion over what dominion over the earth so god had to form 
a vessel using constituents of the earth in order for man to be able to live permanently on the earth. Spirits can come around the earth and hover around and do all that, but spirits cannot live on the earth. They cannot operate on the earth. They cannot have meaningful interaction with the environment of the earth. And so whenever spirits want to operate in the earth, they need vessels, they need bodies. Whether it's animal bodies or human bodies, they need a body in order to operate. This is the reason, because it's a law, and God is the one who made this law. The Bible says that he's put his word above his name, above his reputation. He's put his own word above his reputation. He respects his own laws very, very much. God gave man a will and made the will of man sacrosanct. He made the will of man untouchable. He made it like that. And so he obeyed that will and did not interfere with man disobeying him because he wants man to choose freely. He wants man to choose him freely. Alright? And so, um, even when God was being incarnated to the earth, he still had to take on a flesh or a body that is made up of constituents from this earth. Please follow. And so, when you look at the way man is formed, when you look at the way man is built, you notice that man is made to reflect the way the earth is. And so, first of all, the body of man contains elements that are also found in the earth crust. All the elements that are found in the earth crust are found in man's body in various proportions and quantities. That's the first thing you notice. Second thing you notice is that the way our hair grows reflects the way weeds grow. Weeds and grass, the way they grow. No one plants weeds, but they grow anyway. Alright. And somebody will say, okay, what about bald people? There are places in the earth that there are no weeds ever grow. Right? So that will explain baldness and all that. But that's not what we are talking about. What I'm trying to say is that our hair grows and it reflects the way weeds grow. And our veins reflect the way roots, the roots of trees are. The way the roots of trees are able to go deep into the soil to tap water and nutrients and channel it all the way back to the tree to feed it and nourish it and all that. That's how our veins are. Our veins run all the way through our bodies. Everywhere you have, you find veins, and what do the veins do? They transport blood and nutrients and stuff that the body will need, so that we will be able to um, stay alive, right? And so our veins and our, our arteries reflect the way the roots of trees are. And my point is that we needed vessels or containers. That would allow our existence on this earth to be possible. You know, there you cannot live permanently in a place that your body is not built for. So human beings can be in, in water, they can go into water, but they cannot live there permanently. You have to come out after some time, otherwise, you will die. Why? Because your body is not built like that, it's not built with constituents of that kind of ecosystem. You can fly, but you cannot stay in the air permanently. You have to come down at some point. Why? Because your body is not built for that. And so God had to build a body that would allow the dimensionless spirit. Because man was a spirit and spirits are dimensionless. Spirits are not limited by the dimensions that the earth and the bodies of human beings are limited by. What I mean is that the world and the earth and things in it are three-dimensional. That's the reason why you can't go through your wall or your gate. You have to open it, but you can't go through it. 
spirits can because spirits don't have dimensions they are not limited by the three dimensions we are limited by and so because of this separation god had to create something a vessel a body a host that would be able to enable the spirit to live on earth successfully i hope you are following so far and so when the spirit was introduced into the flesh it animated the flesh so this is how life came about spirit plus flesh life but now the spirits you know spirits have senses spirits can feel they they know they have sense. and the reason why we know this is because you look at the bible and look at um all the descriptions of god and how god was treating and relating to men throughout at some point god was angry at some point god was happy at some point god was sad at some point god was you know god has various emotions that are attached to his personality and his attitude right and so we know that spirits can feel because god is a spirit right and so your spirit has senses your spirit can feel your spirit can you know um it has um, um the ability to respond to senses or sensations or stimuli your body also has that ability but now the bible says in um, galatians 5 16 that the body and the spirit are antagonistic the higher one is the lower the other is the lower one is the higher the other is and so when god puts the spirit into the body he had put two polar things together in one community in one space and so there had to be a bridge there had to be a junction there had to be um some kind of an intersection between the two that's where the soul comes in so the mind is the bridge between the spirit and the body the mind is the seat of your emotion your will and your intellect so your mind is what determines what you think what you feel and what you want it doesn't determine it in the term, in terms of origination it doesn't the, the feelings and emotions and all those don't originate from the mind what actually happens in the mind is, is something more of like a data exchange center so your body wants to communicate something to the spirit it does that via the mind your spirit wants to communicate something to your body it does that via the mind and the mind keeps record of all those things so who that's the reason why this whole battlefield of you know who controls a person is the battlefield of the mind whoever controls your mind controls you because your mind has access to both your spirit and your body right and so the weapons of our warfare second corinthians 10 verse 3 all of it are for pulling down of strongholds found where in the mind the whole this whole thing is about the battle for your mind right and so um romans chapter 12 verse 2 says that always renew your mind and try to conform it to the word of god first peter chapter 1 verse 9 says that the summary the end of your salvation is the salvation of your mind once your mind is saved when your spirit is saved your mind is not saved necessarily because for, for instance this morning you woke up feeling like sniffing cocaine and then in the evening you went to a crusade and you got born again the fact that you've gotten born again doesn't mean that the following morning when you wake up all this your drug addiction and all those feelings will be they will still be there it will still be there what has happened is a regeneration of your spirit not necessarily your mind right this is going to be long but i hope you are following so far don't don't lose don't lose me yet <laughs> so your mind is um a data exchange center sort of 
and because of its ability to communicate to both parts of you it is the one the singular most important part of whoever controls that controls you now your spirit like i was saying has senses and sensations and just like how if anybody physically walks into your room your your physical senses can perceive the person you can see the person you can hear the person's footsteps same thing if any spirit walks into your space your spirit can see that person that your spirit can see that spirit but what happens is that the same way physical senses can be developed and heightened and trained same way spiritual senses have to be developed and heightened and trained otherwise they will atrophy what is atrophy um for something to atrophy is for the thing to weather because of lack of use so for instance maybe somebody has an accident right and then a person doesn't walk for let's say two years or three years you notice that the person's legs begin to weather they become smaller and the person's arms and other body parts that are in active use begin to get big this is the principle that is used for bodybuilding when you lift weight you you use your muscles for a very long time they increase in size because you are using them and so they build up same thing if you build your spirit up or you exercise your spirit a lot the senses of your spirit also get sharpened and the bible provides an insight into that and you see so when you are a very fleshly person your spirit and your the senses of your spirit are not used a lot and so they they begin to die off for lack of use they begin to atrophy you know those people who believe in evolution they say that human beings used to have tails and actually if you look at the skeletal structure of a human being you'll find that there's a part of the skeleton that actually looks like a little tail <laughs> it's called the coccyx or something of the sort yeah and so when you don't use your spiritual senses for a very long time same principle it atrophies it begins to weather so it gets to a point where your spirit your spiritual senses are dead this is what jesus was trying to tell the pharisees that you have eyes but you cannot see you have ears but you cannot hear he was referring to their spiritual senses it's like your physical eyes are working but as for your spiritual eyes they're dead <laughs> you can't see anything. you can't sense anything you know you can't even discern spiritual things that's what jesus was telling peter that you you, you cannot sense spiritual things get behind me satan <laughs> you know because what he was talking about was something spiritual that his spirit should have picked up but you know he 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 wasn't savoring things of the spirit he wasn't tasting things of the spirit right and so when you don't exercise your spirit how do you exercise your spirit the bible says that you know so when you look at how life was created we are made of spirit and body right who is the owner of the spirit who made the spirit god made the spirit and god created us he created us as spirits and the the, the creator of a thing is a sustainer of it so the way we can exercise our spirits is by feeding off what God provides. And so the word of God is the first way we exercise our spirit. We feed our spirits by listening to God and doing what he says. The word of God. Number two, you exercise your spirit by activating it, right? And by charging it up. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 that when we speak in tongues, we edify our spirits. The word edify there is the word charge up, like you're charging your phone, right? You edify it. And Jude chapter 1 also says that, Beloved, build up your holy faith, build up your most holy faith, speaking in tongues. When you speak in tongues, you charge up your spirit. It's like taking your spirit to the gym, right? And so when you do that, your spiritual senses are charged up. 
right? We are exercised. And so we must exercise our spirit. But if we don't exercise our spirit, then we are going to be spiritually dead. And this is the state in which we are because we are so fleshly before Jesus came. And so by Jesus coming into the world, he made us aware who we actually are and provided a way out for us. And by saying that, look, renew your spirit. Let God take control. Let God regenerate your spirit. That's what being born again means. So you are dead. So you have to be born again afresh. And so um, Jesus says that when you are born again, your spirit is regenerated. Then you begin to exercise your spirit. Because you are born, you are a child. So you know, you, you, you desire the sincere milk of the word, you grow just like a childhood, adulthood, same thing, right? And so, when you have been able to grow into a mature, charged up spiritual person, you know, so your spirit is charged up and sense and all that. Now, when a spirit walks into your space, your spirit will be able to see that spirit. But for um, um, your spirit to be able to communicate to your body that look, a spirit is around, it will take your mind or your soul to do that. So, for instance, you are going to pick a car, right? And your spirit, which has been matured and charged up, can see the spirit of death hanging over the car. Your spirit will try to tell your body, you know, the reason why your, your spirit will try to tell your body is because. Your body is the one that will execute the final action of entering into the car. And you are built in such a way that any part of you that is an original contributor to life, if it is touched, you will die. If your body is touched, you will die. If your spirit is touched, you will die. Right? So, in a bid to stay alive, the survival instinct of man will let the spirit try to communicate to the body that listen don't enter into if you enter we are all finished you are gone and i'm gone (laughs) right and so your spirit will tell your mind and so your mind receives the information and decodes it and says oh okay your spirit is trying to say that don't take don't enter into this vehicle but then your, your mind has to encode it in a language that your flesh will understand but because your flesh and your spirit are on polar ends, your soul will try to activate all your senses at once and it becomes like an overwhelming feeling. So you begin to feel like there's a heavy presence. You begin to feel like ah, this, there's something wrong. You know, you can't, it's like you can't explain it. So in the end, all you will say is something told me that I shouldn't pick the car and then I didn't pick it and then I saw that it had crashed over there. That something is your spirit. Your spirit was feeding off information coming from the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it's connected. That is a reason why it is even mature and um, charged up in the first place. Right? Spirits can feed off other spiritual sources. The devil is also a spirit. And the devil is also um, somebody who can contribute to charging and building up your spirit. But the devil uses power which he gets from God to corrupt you because he teaches your spirit to not glorify God and he teaches your spirit secrets because he's been in heaven for a very long time right so he knows one or two things and he teaches your spirit some of those things that will make you even feel powerful but that's not the point that's not where we are please follow me and so and so your spirit your mind or your soul and your body are what make up you and this is how they work together to make sure that you are alive and you are working 
<laughs> right? So when we say you are dead, what does it mean? It means that the two original contributors to life, your spirit and your body, are permanently separated. And so if anybody wants to kill you, the person will have to make sure that either your spirit is damaged or your body is damaged. And that damage has to be damage that is irreparable, it's permanent, it can't be solved, then you will die. Right? So, now, um, what does death mean? We, knew, we know what death means now. What is at play when you are alive and when you are dead? We know that now. Alright? And, um, so who can make you die and who can make you live? The originator or the creator of a thing can cause the thing to not be around anymore. And even if the thing is badly damaged, the person will know how to put the thing back together. For instance, if you have a Lamborghini and you send the Lamborghini to the makers of Lamborghini, they will be able to take that car apart to the point where you say, oh, Charlie, this car there is finished. But you'll be surprised that they can piece it all back together in a way that you will not even know that it, it was even damaged at some point. Alright. And so God, who is because who, who made the spirit? God made the spirit. He's a spirit and he made that in his image. So he made our spirits, right? Genesis 1:26. We're made in his image. He is the one who can cause that permanent separation to happen. So of all the powers that the devil has, the one power that he doesn't have is to kill somebody and to make the person alive. He can't do it. He cannot do it. The devil can never kill you. Never. The devil can cause your spirit to be separated from your body temporarily. But God is the one who determines whether or not to make that separation permanent. Please keep that. Don't be, if you are afraid of the devil for any reason, let it not be because he can kill you. Because he can't. He definitely cannot kill you. Because he didn't make you. He doesn't have any contribution to your existence. So he can't can't take your life. Alright. So, when you are dead, what it means is that, we've already said, your spirit is permanently separated from your body. God can cause that process or that action to be reversed. It doesn't matter the degree and the duration. He can reverse it. So Lazarus was dead for four days and God brought him back to life. And it doesn't matter how long you've been dead for, God can bring you back to life because he made you. So And he knows how he made you. He knows what he did to bring you into existence. So he can always recreate that. He can always reenact that and you'll be back to life. So anybody who will ever raise the dead in this life will have to get power from God. You can never raise the dead with the devil's power. No, no, no. Shan't happen, won't happen. The devil cannot give life. Alright. So, what about those who die? And then come back. That's what the, the question said. Now you see. Now we are here. <laughs> I told you to follow. What about those who die for a while? They go to heaven. They go to hell, and then they come back into their body. Like we said, if the separation is not permanent, you are not even dead to begin with. But remember, we also said that this, your spirit has senses and can feel. So if for any reason your spirit leaves your body, and God decides to give you a tour of hell and heaven, for whatever reason if after the tour he says okay we've come to the end of our discussion go back to your body it doesn't matter how long you've been unconscious for once you come back into your body you'll be reanimated 
and he has the power he has a veto to determine when that is so when you look at this scenario i've given you realize that the person is not even dead to begin with and so how come when these people come back they remember the things that they see and they can tell us because remembrance is subject to significance when something significant happens why is it that we remember some things and we don't remember other things the things that we remember are the things that are significant to us i mean it's not likely that you forget a shooting incident in your life somebody tried to shoot you and you know at some point in your life you've forgotten about it hey <laughs> that would be very very strange unless maybe by some strange medical reason amnesia or something maybe you, you even that one the strong the very very strong events in people's lives no matter how damaged their brains are they still remember they can still remember right and so if you see how beautiful heaven is how it is described in scripture and how horrible hell is how it's described in scripture it's not likely that you forget <laughs> it's not likely that you forget such a thing when when you return into your body your spirit will convey that information to your mind your mind will tell your body and then that's it it is not likely that you will forget so when when you wake up you will be able to remember and, and say whatever it is that you saw over there and so you, you realize that the bible is true you never lied truly the permanent separation of the spirit from the body which is death happens only once that's what hebrews 9:27 says that that's a um, scripture in the question for it is appointed for man once to die and after death is judgment and then um, the Luke 16, 19 scripture talks about Lazarus and a rich man, right? That they both died. One went, uh, the rich man went to hell, Lazarus went to heaven, right? And so when our spirits are finally permanently separated from our body, our body will be lying lifeless on the floor. Our spirits will go back to God because the Bible says that when we die, our spirits go back to God. On the day of judgment, what will happen is that God would cause our spirits to be reunited to our body our minds will be back into the game again back into the mix again and all of us will line up and one after the other god will call all our actions and all our decisions and all our emotions everything that we ever said did or thought on earth will be brought into account because they have been recorded in books the book of revelation says that books will be opened and every man will be judged according to his works all right and so that's basically what is going to be that's exactly how it's going to be like that's how it's going to be played all right so people don't die twice <laughs> people do not die twice um, whoever sends this question it's a very good question it's one of the questions i've really really enjoyed you know people die only once truly because death is simply permanent separation of your spirit from your body thank you very much oh i really love this so you can also send me your question askbuddy at gmail.com askbuddy at gmail.com and uh, you can also send me um, a WhatsApp message, text, voice notes, video, selfie video with your question inside. Um, th- you can send that to plus two three three two zero zero eight six four six seven three. That's plus two three three two zero zero eight six four six seven three. God bless you so much for listening. Till we meet again. Bye.